Hello, Hello Internet. Internet. I'm Finn Ross Russell. And I'm Ross Middleton. It is Wednesday, the 10th of May. Welcome to Liverpool and Eurovision Week 2023. Coming up, a unicorn rising, a tattoo setting, and an evening at the opera. Salutations one and all, and what a show that was. Eurovision 2023 has kicked off in absolutely brilliant style. We are fresh off filtering and processing what a fantastic show that was. And joining me to help do that, it's the amazing Ross Middleton. Good evening, Finn. Yeah, we have just seen, I think, what is fair to say, one of the very best semi-finals I think we've ever seen in Eurovision um, since the system was introduced in terms of quality of song in terms of um, opening, interval acts, hosting, it was just a superb two and a bit hours of television and yeah, um, a stunning result song and stunning set of results. I was really nervous about how the UK was going to handle this Eurovision, this very unique, very complicated Eurovision that it's hosting on behalf of Ukraine and with this war going on and the complications that exist alongside the fact that, you know, the UK in many ways is the perfect host country and to a certain extent they'll want to show themselves off. Sure. But then when that opening video came in and all my hair stood up on end and I was like, oh my goodness, they've hit it perfectly. Yeah, beautiful, absolutely stunning. That opening... Uh, montage the the little girl being introduced to a new classroom um, from Ukraine just yeah from there and then the interval act um, with Rebecca Ferguson and Alyosha we are going to discuss the competitive um, entries tonight but that interval act that's up there with the grey people um, in Sweden as one of the biggest kind of hair standing on end tear jerking interval acts we've ever seen so if there was any doubt of how the UK would incorporate elements um, from Ukraine and how it will work together um, as a collaborative effort, they have all been allayed this evening. I think it was a stunning show, and I think the BBC have done themselves proud, um, they've done the UK proud, and most importantly, they've done Ukraine proud tonight. Right, we have 10 new finalists at Saturday's Eurovision party. Let's talk through the guest list. So, first out of the hat, returning to the grand final for the first time since 2017, is Croatia. How did you feel when this was the first one out? Incredible, absolutely <laughs> stunning. Um, yeah, I did have a little modicum of doubt there. There was the wondering going, are the people at home going to get this? Is, do they need to get it? Is there enough there? It's just purely on entertainment value that this will carry it through. Will the message come through? It, there was an awful lot going on. But for it to come out number one, first one qualifying, just amazing. That we now now will have the absolutely anarchic behaviour of Let 3 in the final. There has been a little bit of discussion here of what they would do live, because we know their live performances in Croatia are very out there, to say the least. Who knows what they will do in the final, but the final is a better place for having them there. Absolutely. I think we need... If Eurovision gets too polished, if we have kind of a load of songs that have just been 
you know, uh, rehearsed and done to within an inch of their life and where you know exactly what's going to expect, it's like, fine, but you're kind of like, okay, well, I know what's coming here. You never know what's coming when Let Three take the stage. No. And it's that organised chaos that is just so joyful and I think has been a little bit of an acquired taste but I'm glad that it's been acquired quickly enough for it to get through to Saturday. Yeah, of course it's an acquired taste and often those are the, the songs that will make it through because they will make someone feel something. Yes, for many people, including my own mum who is texting me during the show, not a fan, but then it will create, you know, in my case, a big fan that will, if I could have voted tonight, for tonight, I would have voted for that. I would have 100% had that through. Um, so I'm really excited to see what Let Three do in the final. Um, and yeah, it is to have a, a, a band so accomplished um, in their live performance. It's going to be stunning. It's going to be brilliant. Next up, we have Moldova. This is their fifth qualification and six contests, which for a country the size and with the budget of Moldova is just remarkable. There's something truly special that that delegation are able to consistently achieve year after year after year. Yeah, Moldova know what they're doing in the modern contest. They are masters of their art. Um, and perhaps Pasha's original entry back in 2012, Latar, it, that may be more of what we now expect of Moldova. It ha- that has more of the the ethos of the Sunstroke project um, and, and obviously last year's entry and um, Dorodos. But this Moldova, this Pasha that has clearly gone away and, and has matured as an artist and has taken on the the dance influence, stunning performance tonight. And I, I, I never had any doubt Moldova was going to qualify. It was one of those going, yeah, that's, that's safely through. It was. It's a really good track in studio, but then it goes to that next level on live. It's one of those that go, ooh, wow. Um, it does hit home. So, yeah, really glad and not in the least bit surprised we're going to have Moldova in the final. Switzerland, this is their fourth successive qualification, which given some of the dark days of Switzerland at Eurovision very recently, it's clear that the good days are very much back for the Swiss. Yeah, you wouldn't think it listening to their songs. No. They're, not, they're not particularly bangers apart from Luca Haney, but yeah, they have found what works, they've found the formula, and they're very clearly sticking to it. Absolutely. I, I, think, I think there's definitely an argument to suggest that it is a bit cold, and I was definitely very cynical about, is this going to get out of 100% televote semi? But to be fair to you, you were always very confident that it would, and watching it tonight it did stand out now I don't know whether this was because that was a very banger heavy semi-final and that was the kind of slow thing that kind of came very nicely through the pack but you you were very much right. Well, yeah, I, I think it, it followed Croatia in the running order, so it very much benefited from those that didn't like Croatia. It was the safe entry that followed, going, oh, this is nice, this is more what I'm here for. I think, again, my mum, who didn't like Croatia, she would have almost certainly much preferred Switzerland, so it gets some um, votes from there. Now, I have never been um, solidly uh, thinking this song will go through, only seeing it yesterday when we were allowed in the arena for the first time. And just the little additions of pyro here and there, the Sacha Jean-Baptiste um, staging elevated that to the next level. Remo has one of the best male vocals we have in this competition. The song itself, I am not a fan. I, I'm, I'm happy to say that. But Remo's vocal... 
and Sasha's staging together was enough to get this song through. So, yeah, I'm, I wasn't surprised tonight that it got through. If you'd said to me two weeks ago, I would be shocked. But at the moment, as it was, as we've seen it now, yeah, it's a deserved qualifier. Finland, a Finnish win is in the post. I don't know whether it's 2023 or next year or the year after or three, four years' time, but it feels like we have a trip to Tampere coming yeah. quite soon. I mean, the, the little gap after you, when you said Finland, we could just leave it there. Finland, just um, <laughs> never in doubt, never once uh, a doubt for that qualifying. A brilliant performance. He's done what the artists that are successful at this competition do in the, the marathon that is the two weeks. I remember seeing it yesterday in the arena thinking, he's clearly holding back. He is clearly just holding it back. There's no, nothing won in for the, the press first dress rehearsal. He's waited to the, tonight and tonight blew it out of the water. There's your televote winner, right there. That's your televote winner. I think it's, I think, yeah, it's a, it's a brilliant, brilliant song. I know it's come first half in the running order um, that we've seen on TikTok, but I still think it, it's, going to win the televote whether that be enough to win the contest wait and see but it, it's not going to be far off at all fifth out were the Czechs um, only their fifth appearance in the grand final and not going to lie with that staging I was a little bit nervous for them at points but this is a fantastic song and I'm absolutely delighted to see that it's qualified for Saturday yeah absolutely I didn't um, share those doubts I've have had this as a very safe qualifier the whole way through yeah I agree the staging is perhaps not quite what we were looking for uh, it maybe lacks the impact of certainly the video um, this doesn't mean there's no um, surprise that it's an upgrade from the national final um, but it's it's maybe not what we were expecting when we'd seen the music video um, for My Sister's Crown. Still thought it was going through. Still very happy to have it there on the Saturday night. It's a touch of class. Um, and if you're saying that you think that there's a, a Finnish win on the way, I think there's a Czech win. Possibly oh, really? not as close. But I, I just think they've become a real interesting nation when it comes to Eurovision. They're doing their own thing. And they're finding its work. I mean, it doesn't always work. And Benny Christa maybe didn't quite hit the, the spot we were looking for. But they're hitting finals year after year now. And obviously, from not being there for an extended period of time, and uh, now to having this this run of success, I do feel as a Czech went in, in there somewhere. Um, I'm always excited for what Czechia do every single year at Eurovision. And I just think somewhere on the line, it's not going to be Vesna, I don't think they're competing for the win on Saturday, but they're going to give um, Czechia a very, very respectable result. Next up was Israel. Um, the more that you watch Noah, and the more you see everything that has been put into this performance, it really does highlight last year, Michael Ben David and I am not qualifying as such a blip. This is, this is now the seventh qualification eight for Israel and a, a great result for them. Yeah, another one that's come from maybe a, a tough run um, towards the kind of start of the 2010s to now just an absolutely... They're a country you expect in the final year after year. If you're picking the finalists just from the list of countries when they're announced, that's one you would say, yeah, you'd pick Israel. Um, it's, it is very polished. It is... An, I, it's a very exciting song. I think there's a lot going on there. For myself, it's a bit too much visually, but 
for many people that will grab them and grab their attention and it will draw them in um, to Noah's performance. So, but again, that's what you want. You want some people not to work because it's not for them, but that means for some people it will work. Whereas if everyone, if, if everyone just goes, oh, that's all right, you're going to be left you know, 11th or 12th. So you want that kind of split opinion. So yeah, thoroughly deserved um, of their qualification. Next up was Portugal. This is definitely the most accessible Portuguese entry we've had in a while. Yeah, it, it's it's the one I didn't have. It was the one I had on the bubble. Um, I opted for the Netherlands um, in my prediction, but it was Portugal. Don't get me wrong, I'm delighted it's Portugal because I personally I love it. Um, and it is the most accessible entry in Portuguese. I'd probably say the Black Mamba is the most accessible entry because it's in English. Um, but in terms of a, a Portuguese entry from Portugal, Another nation, again, similar to Czechia, it's that Salvador win has given them such confidence to to be Portuguese. It doesn't, it, you know, the, the winner of Festival de Cansao is Portugal's song. Whether Europe likes it or not, they don't care. It, it, it's great if they do, and that then has given them this confidence to, to send these really quality entries. So... Mimi Cat, although I hadn't, I had her on the bubble and then put her, in my opinion, 11th in the predictions, I'm still not actually surprised she qualified because it is a really fun, vibrant performance. Um, and I can see it getting love from televotes, which it has tonight to make it through. But I can also see that getting some good jury points as well come Saturday night. Out at number eight was the queen of Eurovision herself, Lorraine, qualifying for Sweden. Is there anybody who can stop her on Saturday? Keria. Um, it's the person who can stop her on Saturday. But yeah, it did, you know, coming out eighth, there was a little moment in my head going, no, hang on. <laughs> now, come on. Like, if that had been me, I, Croatia at first was a really good bit of TV, so 100%. But if that had, I would have put Sweden through second, just to get it out of the way, really. Uh, we all knew that was coming. Um, so yeah, Lorene's there. That's every chance you win, you know? We, we, the staging is the, the scaled-down version of the one we saw at Melfest. We all know that. Does it affect Lorena's performer? Not in the slightest. It's still um, vocally magnificent, if not actually slightly better than it was at Melfest. Um, and again, that's going to get jury love. It's going to get public vote. Is it going to be one of these that maybe comes second in both and then splits the difference, takes the win? Quite possibly. Um, but yeah, a very and again, like Finland, a very obvious qualifier from, from the get-go. I think we also need to remember that for as much as we may have listened to that song and seen that performance in the community, many people who are watching these shows this week have not. Yeah. Tattoo is climbing the UK iTunes chart at the moment. It's, it's far, far ahead of anything else from tonight, including Kaya. And I think that's just a nice reminder of, we've been with these songs a while, but a lot of the people who are going to be making this decision have not. True. The one caveat I would say with that is that I don't think necessarily Cha 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 is a one that you will download and listen to possibly on repeat if you're just a casual voter. That as a performance is where that gains the votes. Um, so it doesn't necessarily surprise me that Tattoo is much more uh, a radio friendly song than Cha 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 is, that that's doing better. Um, but yeah, it's it's still obviously a massive contender. Um, whether Lorene does the double or not, we'll have to wait and see. Serbia, we're out next. Are Serbia the most innovative country at Eurovision? Because Constrata, they brought Constrata last year 
and she brought this piece of almost performance art as Eurovision. And I didn't think much of that song at all. And then it got to Turin and I was blown away and mm. I was joining in with the clapping and yeah. we know how high that song placed. Again, they've brought a song that is not that easy on the ears, but is so easy on the eyes as this kind of, it's a bit weird, it's a bit different, but you can't take your eyes off it. And clearly that is attracting a heck of a lot of people to go and pick up the phone and vote for it. I would want to see a few more years of competition for that because I do feel up until Constructor they were maybe fairly... Con- plateauing? No, not plateauing necessarily, but they were... There were entries that I would have kind of expected from Serbia, whereas Constructor and Loop Black aren't necessarily. We were speaking um, to a member of the um, Serbian fan press when we were in the arena yesterday afternoon, and they were saying that they really hope Loop Black qualify because it will continue to give innovative artists in Serbia that hope that you, you don't have to necessarily do the ballad and do the kind of expected thing to maybe advance your career in Serbia. You can take a risk and you can have that greater artistic freedom that they're getting with Constructor and Luke Black. This one I really had on the bubble again. I thought, is this performance a little too dark? Is it a little too aggressive? Uh, but in the end, no, it's, it's, it's won the, en- enough televotes to make it through. So um, delighted for Serbia, delighted for Luke, and obviously given uh, recent events in the news, delighted for the country to have a bit of good news as well. And finally, setting, definitely setting some hearts racing, Norway came out last. I was, I was whispering to a lot of people, this could be a shock non-qualifier, and... Clearly the energy of that picked up somewhere with the producers because having it out last was perfect. But also, if it came forth, I wouldn't be surprised at all as well. It feels like one of those ones that could have come forth and could have come tenth. Yeah, I, I had you in mind. I know you were in the arena watching and I was in the present, but I had you in mind when um, Norway was last out thinking, oh, hang on. Because I also had in mind the fact that my, um, co- I had a colleague who used to work with my old job who was Dutch and see, she told me that every time the Netherlands get announced as the last qualifier, I'm thinking, oh gosh. And then there's Malta, which we've all, not necessarily we're all fallen in love with, because I think a lot of people like the song to begin with, but the, the staging elevated that as well. So there was some real contenders in the mix, and just that thing going, she's out first. I don't think she was vocally perfect tonight. I think there is maybe possibly um, issues with the voice that hopefully a little bit of rest until Saturday can, can, can solve. And I just kind of wondered, we had earlier on talking about we've known these songs for a long time. We've known Norway for probably the longest, because obviously MGP's way back in January. Early February, yeah. Yeah. So we've known it for a long time that this was going to be the the Norwegian entry. But I am really happy nonetheless. I think the the Norwegian song is still really good. I think Alessandra is lovely. She's an absolute um, adorable person and a powerhouse performer um, to, to have the energy to come out there and open the show like that. So... Um, I'm delighted that they have qualified, but it was definitely, again, that heart race at that moment going, oh no, um, we've, we've kind of had all these three Nordics kind of dominating the semi, hang on, what's going to happen? But yeah, um, whereas I'm unhappy and upset for other countries, I am delighted for Norway. Before that fantastic show, I went out to the Eurovillage to experience the English National Opera bringing something very special to this week's celebrations. 
I'm in the Euro Village for something truly special. The English National Opera is doing Eurovision. Um, this is for a cultural institution of the size of ENO to be getting involved with Eurovision and contributing for celebrations in the way that they're doing by being involved in something like this is just remarkable. And part of what's made the contest so special this year is the number of these big cultural institutions that have decided, yeah, we're going to contribute these celebrations, we're going to get behind it, and we're going to get people excited about the atmosphere of this moment in a way that we feel comfortable with. The stage is set, the orchestra are getting set up, um, their sheet music is all out, they're, they're settling in what promises to be a fantastic performance. Uh, presumably the singers will be coming to their spots in a moment, and after that I'll just let the music do the talking. Just walking away from the Euro Village now, and I cannot believe what I've just seen. I knew that the English National Opera were going to bring the house band and build up the excitement in the village ahead of this first semi-final, 
but I didn't expect that they'd go and get Sonia and Ruslana and Linda Martin and some of their best opera singers to perform not just the hits, but some songs that are clearly popular within the, the community. Somebody who made these decisions was clearly a fan and took great care to make sure that there was a range of different songs chosen for a range of different audiences and tastes and sensibilities. So thank you English National Opera for doing that. The perfect way to get the crowd ready for semi-final one. And now on with the show. I asked John on yesterday's podcast what he thought the biggest surprise of yesterday's semi-final was going to be. We've had the results now. We've had a bit of time to reflect on it. What do you think has been the biggest surprise of, the, of that result? I sort of alluded to it earlier on in the, in the podcast, but I think actually in the end, the surprise for me was Malta not making it. Um, I wrote up my predictions um, on Monday afternoon. I didn't have Malta in there. But honestly, come 8pm Tuesday night, I did have Malta going through. I thought the the staging really elevated the song. It told a story. It had everyone up and dancing, certainly in the press centre. There was real fun energy in there. I think put that later in the running order, it's through. I think I put that in semi-finals too, it's through. And possibly further down the line, I think there is something to be looked at in terms of the weighting of, of these semis that we've got semi-final one full of absolutely brilliant songs possibly got a couple that are maybe a little bit weaker and then semi two which maybe doesn't have that same energy doesn't have the same vitality that the first semi did so there maybe is something to be looked at there um because i reckon if you yeah you put malta on thursday night instead of tuesday night then the busker are going through and i really do feel absolutely devastated for them because i think they've They've come here and, and they've partied and they've put on a show and they played at the Cavern Club and played at the Cavern Club, I should say, um, and they've really kind of embraced Eurovision and you know Malta's obviously a nation that we've had for a long time and still never won. I didn't think we were going to win, but I did want a little bit of success for Malta, so I am I'm disappointed and I am surprised in the end, and they didn't make it through. I'd say that exactly the same, to be honest. Um, even though I think if they qualified, it would also have been a surprise but it was also kind of on that borderline of they're doing all the right things this feels less of a surprise qualifier and now that they haven't gotten through it also feels kind of surprising if that makes sense in a weird paradoxical way but what I will say for Malta is that the the upgrade from I am what I am last year to this has been absolutely remarkable and it's hard to say exactly what the conversations were that happened behind the scenes that made that happen. It's, it's hard to say what the busker brought to it that um, the artist last year didn't bring to it. But what is true is that finally it feels like Malta are moving in the right direction. And even though it wasn't to be this year, they've got great momentum to build on for next year and the year after. Yeah, I really hope so. I really want them to find some success. You know, obviously they played the the Destiny card a couple of years ago. I still think Destiny's not finished with this contest. I still 100%. think I still think there's something there. Yeah, her, liter- her name is literally Destiny. It kind of feels like she's prophesied to win this contest. Don't say it. it. <laughs> at some point. Um, but yeah, they're a country I want to see back. Another one I am devastated for is Latvia. I thought um, that the the song tonight. I thought the sunlight were as good as 
uh, Triana Park, but annoyingly they have found the same fate as Triana Park and, and not qualified. Um, Ireland and Azerbaijan, I think we're always going to struggle. Both did really well on the night. Um, and so 15th, I can't remember, the Netherlands was the 15th. Um, we know the, the problems the Netherlands have gone through the last few weeks. Um, I feel sorry for the performers, for what they've had to go through. I think they did as good a performance um, on the night. I think they were fantastic, vocally on point, and the staging, I think, really helped elevate the song. But there was a, clearly something there that wasn't enough. Um, so they'll have to, obviously have to look at that in the Netherlands and, and come back next year all the stronger. Ross, thank you so much for joining me to talk through that incredible semi-final. Thanks, Finn. Listeners, thank you so much uh, for joining us uh, to reflect on semi-final one. We are going to wake up tomorrow and do it all over again for semi-final two. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, yes, obviously I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> it's going to be great. There's, there's, there's loads on and loads to talk through, and that's what you can expect on tomorrow's podcast. But for now, the guitars! You've been listening to the ESC Insight Daily News Podcast, hosted by Finn Ross Russell with Ross Middleton. Find out more by heading to escinsight.com and supporting the work we do at patreon.com slash escinsight. 